Hello and welcome to the One Football Women's Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the One Football Women's Football Podcast. We are obviously here to talk about Euro 2022, which is just, just, just around the corner. We will have Groups C and D previewed in a later podcast that will come out just before the tournament starts. Today, though, I'm joined, I'm delighted to be joined by my one football colleague, Alejandro Diago Gonzalez, to talk about groups A and B. Alejandro, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for hosting me, Luis. It's been a pleasure always to talk about women's football. And now for Women's Euro, that we are very excited for it. Really excited, right? It's It, it feels like a, a groundbreaking moment. The Euros is... It's going to yeah. be, I think, the the biggest tournament really in terms of yeah, viewers it's, it's, everywhere that we've ever seen in the women's game. It's going to smash, I think, all the records from they were beaten in the last edition in uh, five years ago in the Netherlands. So really, uh, I think finally football is coming home, and <laughs> what a what a best stage than England and Wembley for the final that football can come home again. We'll see. That's a, We've got a long way to go before we declare England European champions. While we're on it, though, we're going to start with Group A anyway. Group A obviously does contain England. What's the view from Spain on how good England are? Because we could, this England team is really talented, and we've seen how much the WSL has grown over the last few years. But the gold standard, despite the Champions League final a couple of months ago, the gold standard in the women's game at club level has been FC Barcelona. So people in Spain get to see them every week. People in Spain have followed the incredible success of Barcelona in the last couple of years. Do they fear England as, or see England as the favourites or one of the favourites? Uh, absolutely, Luis. Think, OK, you are, uh, England is playing at home. They are playing uh, with her own crowd in all the stadiums. England is, has, has maybe the best coach of this tournament, like Sarina Bigman. That we saw uh, some years ago in the in the Euro, how she manages she manages these kind of tournaments and how she did, how she reached the World Cup final with the Netherlands three years ago. So really, the favoritism of England for this women's Euro it's 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 sustained on facts. So I think uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tournament where England has will have a lot to say. And I wouldn't find it strange that they arrive to the final and that they leave the trophy on at the end of this month. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think yeah, for anyone yeah. who I'm, I'm yeah, sure everybody's sort of followed the followed the squad announcements. To you in in Spain, especially, I guess, is there anyone that sticks out that people are talking about as a as a possible star from the England squad? I don't know. I don't know how is how what they comment in Spain, but the thing is that you were commenting before one thing about that the trend on the last years in club football in club football was FC Barcelona. That's true. We cannot discuss that. But for example, when when this trend when this trend in in in, in club football has become from a Spanish team, it hasn't repeated in the in the in the national team mm-hmm. because uh, nowadays I I see. Uh, many some some national teams that can be stronger than Spain when it comes to the day D. Yep, 
Yep, and this is what we have that's really strong under Serena Wiegmann, I think, compared to especially compared to Phil Neville yeah. before her. There's an obvious idea of football. She wants attacking football. She, she wants more control as well. That will be the big question for England, I think, this summer is how do they, how successfully do they take control of games? I think if you look at the squad, the one question mark is in midfield and defensively. We've seen Kira Walsh and Leah Williamson, who play centre-back for Arsenal, line up in midfield a lot under Serena Wiegmann so far. We saw Leah Williamson play the last friendly against Switzerland at centre-back instead with a, a more attack-minded, I guess, midfield three. So that'll be the the interesting question. Does Alex Greenwood play left-back or centre-back? Does Leah Williamson play in defence or in midfield? And if England figure out those things, attacking... I think going forward, we'll see lots of exciting football and lots of goals. It's whether or not defensively and, and the back of the midfield, how much they can control games and not let the whole team maybe get too carried away and too attack-minded. Yeah, because checking out the list of England, name by name, the only weakness I see for England in the, in the, in the list is maybe in defence, but really... Because in attack, you can see that having names, you have names like Lauren Hemp, that she's one of the most promising stars of English football. You have classicals like Beth Mead or Nikita Paris, that uh, that they are wonderful players, and they are uh, we we know what they are what what they are able to do in when they are on the pitch. And also in the midfield, they have wonderful talents. They have this George Stanway. They have uh, they have Leah Williamson. You say the captain. Also, Jill Scott, this this sound of the veterans that is very important in the team, and I think we Jill Scott maybe she will say something in this Euro. So really, probably this is defense the 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 biggest weakness of of England. Uh, but I watching the watching the list the rest of the list I don't think you should worry so much about it. Well, maybe England shouldn't worry so much about it against. Denmark possibly, uh, sorry, against Austria possibly in the group stage and, and Northern Ireland. They might have to worry against Norway, no? Yeah, probably Norway because Norway is the is the biggest rival you have in the group. Uh, we are talking about a team that has Ada Hegerberg, the, the Ballon d'Or winner in twenty in twenty eighteen, that has a wonderful players. They have this Maria Thorisdotti that has done a wonderful season in in Manchester United. They have. Uh, Mario Mayle, the, the the captain of the team, also the Chelsea player. They have Engen from Barcelona. They have Graham Hansen from Barcelona too. Mm, really, mm, you have uh, you have a one a, a tremendous rival with Norway in the group. But I I I, I think that even though you have uh, Norway as your biggest rival, no group is tough is tougher than the one of Spain is now the the group of death. We'll, we'll definitely come on to that as well. You mentioned Caroline Graham Hansen there, and I wanted to talk about her a bit. We've probably, she's been a bit unfortunate, I would say, at club level and at international level. Obviously, people talk about Ada Hegerberg, and she hasn't been there for a few years, but is considered the star of, of Norwegian football at Barcelona at club level. Graham Hansen has to compete with all of the names that we'll go through when we talk about the Spain squad. How underrated is she still even though she is one of the best players one of the best wingers certainly in the world could she I don't know could she maybe finally and she played she was fantastic at the World Cup a couple of years ago too 
could she finally maybe get some of the recognition that she deserves by having a great, great tournament here? For sure, really. This season has been very complicated for her. Remember that she was off of the pitch during some times because she suffered a a, a, card, a cardiac uh, diagnostic mm-hmm. uh, during a three-year training session. But the thing is that she recovered and she came back with Barcelona. She continued playing. She do it. She did. She did a wonderful job in Barcelona, winning the league and Copa de la Reina too. Also, she was key to arrive to the final of the champion of the Champions League this season. So I think really it's uh, Caroline Grant Hansen will see a lot of her in during this Euro, and I think uh, Norway has one of he, of her dark horses in the figure of Grant Hansen. I mean, you know, and that's without talking, obviously, about Ada Hegerberg and her return yeah, really. to <laughs> the big stage of international football. Is is there a more rounded striker in this whole tournament? Mm, I wouldn't say really. I don't think about any other names. The only name I was thinking about it was Jenny Hermoso, but she wouldn't play this Euro because she got injured before the game. So I don't see nowadays a striker better than Ada Hegerberg. Yeah, in terms of like a real number nine, right? Yeah, for sure, really. In terms of like a real number nine, you check the other teams, you check France, they have also a very good team. You check also uh, Italy, they have wonderful names. You check Spain, they have Esther Rodriguez, they have, that has done a wonderful season in Real Madrid. But really, no one is as dangerous as Ada Hegerberg. And that's the thing with Norway. It isn't even just those players, those two players, those three players that we mentioned going forward. But you've also got so many of the WSL stars behind them. Guru Wrighton has just had an incredible season with Chelsea. Frieden Marnum, a little bit more of an aggressive, less playmakery type of midfielder at Arsenal as well. So there's talent all the way through this Norway team. Yeah, there is talent. It's also talent in every single line because we mentioned Grant Hansen and Engen from Barcelona, but really they have also Bill de Boerisa from Manchester United. Maria Zorisdottir also has a wonderful season with the Red Devils. Uh, they have uh, Julie Blackstad in the in the in the Women's Super League, and also they have this Celine Bizet from Paris Saint Germain. Mm, really, the pa- pound by pound. As they will say in boxing, uh, the uh, uh, Norway team is a team that can put into many trouble to England. With that in mind, with England and Norway in mind, do we do we sort of discount completely the possibility of an upset in this group? Mm, not at all. I wouldn't discard it because really, uh, thinking that uh, that uh, one day. If we can, if we check the schedule, uh, England starts opens the the tournament against Austria. Okay, but if in the second game England makes a mistake against Norway, uh, all the group, all the all the all the previews, quizzes, and all the group uh, we have imagined in our heads blows up, and we need to think about it how. This Norway, an upset of Norway, can change all the th- standings of the group. So, with Austria there, 
because England, if they if they slip up against Norway, or if and vice versa as well, because I think we, we've said Norway are a huge, hugely talented team who will have their own ambitions to win this tournament. If one of those teams was to, well, somebody will drop points when they face each other. That probably yeah. won't be enough if they still take six points from the games against Austria and Northern Ireland. So I guess my question yeah. is, do you think there's a chance that that doesn't happen? That you mean that Austria and Northern Ireland they should face England, England uh, or, course, no, or or Norway, or Norway. I of course I I I there is there is always chances, but I think the miracles they don't repeat twice. And Austria had a miracle four year, five years ago in the women's Euro when they arrived to the semi final, also because of a bad the, the I think the worst game Spain has ever played in the last decade. So, 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 really, it's it's it's. I I I I'm happy to see Austria in the in, in the international states. I'm happy to see the the Austrian team in a in a in a in a top competition. But to be honest, uh, having in this group where they are now uh, with England and Norway, I think they have very few chances of of making a surprise. We still have a couple of players to watch with with both of those teams. I mean, Austria in particular have, have Manuela Zinsberg in goal, who Alejandro, you asked me for the Spanish content on one football for my who would be the goalkeeper of the tournament. I imagine that Zinsberg will be very, very busy up against Norway and England. And I, I actually went for her. She five penalties she's faced as Arsenal goalkeeper and not conceded a single one. Four saves and and one that was missed, which is just an unbelievable record. Also Nicole Beer up front who plays in Germany for Hoffenheim and has a fantastic record for club and for country. So I think, you know, maybe, maybe some of these Austria players and, and the Northern Ireland players as well will consider their chances to shine, will be a little bit more against each other in, in the game when they face each other in the group. But I would not write anyone off, as you say. Miracles do happen on the international stage. And... You know, all they need to do, one of them is, is nick a point in one of the bigger games and we could be on for a real surprise. So I think it's going to be interesting. Northern Ireland as well, remember, are going to have... We talk about England having home support. I imagine Northern Ireland will have significant support for their matches as well. So it will be interesting to see if that sort of moves the needle a little bit in, in the games against Austria and against Norway. Otherwise... We do obviously have two clear favourites in this group. And if I had to put you on the spot, England or Norway to top it? Yeah, probably. England or Norway to top it. The game, the, 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 the deciding game will be that, that, that it will take place in, 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 the, in the second match day of the competition. Mm -hmm. So we will see which is the one who reaches uh, the, top, the top spot. So on to Group B and... I know you're itching to talk about Spain and, and we've already mentioned Spain there at the top as a team who have most of the parts of a sensational Barcelona team, but yeah. haven't quite put them together in the same way that Barcelona have managed to get so much success out of them, right? Mm, it's, a, it's a long story to tell. It's a long story to, to, to this is the place. This is the place to tell it. <laughs> it's a long story because the thing is that 
uh, we have seen that Spain is a wonderful team. They have wonderful players. Uh, we, uh, from li- li- line, line on line, they have uh, maybe a team that it can make history is the golden generation of players in Spain. But uh, there is lacking something. There is lacking something. I think is there is lacking leadership from the coach. That is the that is the biggest thing. Uh, when you when you find that in England they have Sarina Bigman as the coach, and she's uh, the leader of the team, and she's the one uh, that has uh, uh, commanded England to to be to to think on themselves on themselves that they are favourites to win the tournament at home. I think we are lacking that mentality in Spain. And it's and it's something so sad because really we have wonderful generation of players, maybe the best of all times, and it will be unfair that these girls uh, the, the leave leave uh, England without a trophy. Well, they they played Italy the other day and they drew, yeah. which um, which was was I'm sure a really disappointing result for for Spain. Yeah, it's disappointing results. And and Jorge Vilda, also the coach, said this was a uh, just just one attention key so that uh, Spain shouldn't think about themselves that they are going to win the tournament uh, without leaving the bus so that they will need to sweat, they will need to fight, they will need to compete until the last minute to win the game. But I Um, think that... Yeah, tell me. No, well, this, this is the question then. What? So if we go through the team, like you say, line for line, every single position... We've got, I mean, we've got half, more than half the Barcelona team, really. Uh, Irene, yeah. Irene uh, Paredes at the back with Maria Leon. We've obviously got the, the entire Barcelona midfield with Patri Guijaro, um, Atana Bonmati and Alexia Botellas. So, yeah, and, and probably up front with the, the injury you mentioned, Jenny Hermoso is, is one, just one of the injured forwards. We could see Claudia Pina play who has broken through at Barcelona and already looks you know just 20 years old capable of playing for that dominant team at the same level as her teammates so what is it about Spain when they play that looks so different to Barcelona considering all of these players that share the team we were discussing about this topic that about how, what what is lacking in the team that uh, they don't play as the same uh, standard of Barcelona they don't play the same uh, automatism of Barcelona and they are missing some things and one of the things we, we, we were talking in the Spanish podcast uh, last week it was that one of the things we are missing is that Spain doesn't know how to enter into the games they enter with a lot of uh, pressure and nerves and we can see that uh, really um, they pay a lot in the, in, the, in, the, in the during the game because okay in a game with all due respect in a game versus for example Scotland uh, Ukraine or or as or the Czech Republic during a World Cup qualification. Okay, you can have a bad first half, and then you can solve it in the second half, scoring um, maybe what, three or four goals. But when it comes to a, to an important stage, one mistake in the first half can become, and you are playing a group like the one Spain is playing nowadays, can become a goal against you and then trying to overcome this result, and maybe in the second half, the things they don't go as you were expecting. So it's going to be, it's going to be uh, this this mental this mental uh, thing of Spain is going to be one of the most important things they will need to deal with during the tournament. 
And of course, we don't just have Barcelona players. We have some fantastic players from other teams. Onabatia is one of the best fullbacks in, in yeah. the WSL with Manchester United over the last couple of years. Um, Arin Guerrero has been the leader for Levante, where they've surprised people yeah. and, and done so well in Spain. And Real Madrid's own Esther Gonzalez, I guess, is going to be the player tasked with scoring most of the goals. Yeah, probably she will be the the starting the starting striker for the Spain national team after Jenny Hermoso seeing years. The thing is that we the, the debate of the nine in Spain has has become a huge uh, contro- controversy, uh, controversy because uh, when, on the last on the last week uh, when Jorge Villa announced the 23 uh, 23 players that they were going to to England, he left out uh, Amayur Sarriegi, uh, the player from Real Sociedad, that she did a wonderful job this season. She scored. Uh, more than 16 goals. He was key on the Real Sociedad that was the second in the in, in the league and they have qualified for the first time in history for Women's Champions League. She is out of the list, though. That was surprising and controversial. And many and, people and, was asking... And yeah. As you say, they finished second in Spain this season, but they have no players in this squad. Yeah, really. And uh, there is no explanation for that because also there were two players who were ready to go. We were expecting both of them to go. They were Nerea Izaguirre also and Amayur Sarriegui. We were, especially the second one, we were expecting that Amayur Sarriegui was going to play uh, play the Euros. But finally, uh, it hasn't it, it, it hasn't hasn't appeared that. So uh, the thing is that uh, we will see how we solve the situation with only maybe Esther Gonzalez as the pure uh, striker. And also, let's see if Claudia Pina on his first uh, tournament can be can be the woman that can change everything. So, I mean, that's Spain. And I think that's pretty comprehensive on Spain, whether or not they come to regret not calling up, especially some of those Real Sociedad players, or regretting, not regretting so much as as ruining the injury to Jenny Hermoso. We'll wait and see. They aren't their biggest rivals in the group, but I wanted to ask you about Finland next, because we've possibly got the world's the, the world's leading Spain slash Finland expert here uh, on the podcast yeah. today. Like, f- for all the crossovers that you could imagine, uh, Ale, you and not only an enormous Spanish fan, but you keep a really keen eye on Finnish football as well. What can we? What can Finland hope for uh, as an absolute maximum from this competition? Can they cause an upset? And could you give us a couple of players to watch out for? We will say for personal reasons, I have a special interest on in Finland. But really, it's going to be very exciting to see the Helmarit competing in this uh, in this Euro. They they come to an international tournament after many years that they were out of an international tournament. All of that, thanks to the coach, uh, Anna Tignol, who has done a wonderful job for the Finnish uh, Association and the Finnish national team. And they have a quite good, na- a quite good selection of players, and they are, ta- they are very interesting. For example, I will, I will underline, especially Sunny Franci. Sunny Franci, the forward of Real Sociedad, that has done a wonderful job this season, and she's going to play on the Euros. She's maybe, maybe the best uh, one, the best player of uh, Finland out, uh, abroad, but also I would like to I would like to underline some young players. For example, Jutta Rantala, it's from he, she plays in Sweden and she's a wonderful player that she, she can do many things on this on the, on the on the attack for the Finnish national team, and we will see also what they are able to do. Of course, 
they are probably they 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 have to as we'll say in Spanish they need to dance uh, with the, with the uglies because they have the top three teams like Denmark, they Germany and Spain. The same group is going to be very difficult for for both of them. But for example, uh, I'm very I'm I'm very keen to see what they are able to do because really I there are very wonderful names they have Emma Koivisto, Tuijahirinen. Uh, Nora Herum, players that they they have they have played abroad overseas out of Finland, and I think they can do they can if 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 one of the team makes a, a distraction in the in the in the group states, Finland can become a surprise. Well, you heard it here first, and I hope. I mean, we always love it in these tournaments when when teams and obviously players, especially that we don't get to see so much of kind of step up to that big stage and and make it their own so maybe maybe finland maybe some of those names you mentioned will be that this summer for for this tournament as you said though it's it's a massive task in this group i mean the, the names I mean, go to denmark quickly first and and even just some of the names denmark are not considered a team that will necessarily get out of the group stage but here you are with Pernilla Harder leading the attack with women's football legend Nadia Nadim alongside her and Catherine Vey at the back, former Arsenal defender, Simone Boy, current Arsenal defender. Denmark or Germany, I don't know. What do you think? And do you think maybe we're sleeping on Denmark a little bit? Because I don't think they're really on the radar for many people. Yeah, really. Denmark is one of the teams that it will be surprising that uh, well, it will be surprising that Denmark, but not not only Denmark, also Spain or Germany, leaves out in the in the group stage because we you were mentioning the names Nadia Nadim, Pernil Harder, but I want to mention, for example, Signe Brun from Manchester United. Mm-hmm. She has done also a, a wonderful season in in uh, in, in in the women's uh, Super League. Also, Sofia Svaba from Real Madrid is a name. I'm very interested to see on because she was she came in last winter for Real Madrid and she has shown that she can be a top player in her position. And let's see also also uh, in your case you as you as you are an Arsenal fan, Simon Boy also it's a name that will we we are expecting to see what they are able to. She's a wonderful defense, and let's see what they do. But really. Denmark is going to be the last game of Spain in the in the in the group stage, and I think it's going to be, if not the most complicated one, maybe one of the most during the tournament. Well, and we could well, almost definitely there'll be something riding on that game, whether one or both teams are still looking to qualify, confirm qualification for for the quarterfinals. It'd be really really interesting, and that brings us lastly in Group B to Germany, and I feel like. There are a lot of different opinions about Germany right now. There's maybe the more casual opinion, the casual viewer. You think of women's football and in Europe especially, and you think of Germany. Before 2017, they'd won the competition six times in a row. But then you think of that competition in 2017 and the World Cup in 2019, and you think of a quite a disappointing Germany, really. But now we've got this younger generation of players. There's you know, a couple missing through through injury as well. Selina Church, she comes to mind after an incredible first half of season in the Bundesliga, who tore ACL and, and now won't be at the tournament, unfortunately. Uh, Melanie Leopold of Chelsea is, is pregnant and won't play because of that. But there's still so much talent and so much young talent as well in this Germany team. 
I feel like people who well, they definitely shouldn't be written off and I think this could be a breakout summer for some of the younger players I don't know if you're fearing Germany or Denmark more as a as a Spain fan I don't know what to answer really I feel, I feel both the same I think because okay we say Germany Germany has is coming from two tournaments where, where they haven't shined as much as we were expecting because for example if we remember the the last Euro with Steffi Jones in the bench, Germany was really, we were expecting so much of them, but it became a complete disappointment for all the fans. Uh, also, then Steffi Jones left, it came this this interim period of Horst Grubes as the German national mm-hmm. team manager, uh, and then came Martina Postek just before the World Cup. Okay, in the World Cup, we, we saw quite a good quite good things, but I think maybe the lack of experience, it uh, penalized them a lot. And I think this Euro can become, can be the, the, the confirmation of the, of the comeback of Germany into international scene. Uh, we, if we check the list, we can see they have players, for example, Lena Oberdorf, that is going to be one of the players of the future of Germany. She's going and she's going to be one of the key players for the national team. They have be- important veterans as Alexandra Pop, uh, Sarah Dabritz. Uh, they have also um, Jules Brand that is going there. He's one of the, of the most talented midfielders. He's going to be very nice to see all these young guns playing in, in, in the Euros. So I wouldn't discard uh, that Germany can become one of the favourites on the last minute. I yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's, you, know, you know those names that you've mentioned. Lena Oberdorf is fantastic, hardworking, tough midfielder. Jule Brandt next to her will be more creative and and definitely more maybe more someone for the romantics to watch uh, compared to Lena Oberdorf, who can obviously play herself as well. I think again, you know, we said it about. England or Spain and Norway, but there's quality in every single position here. Alexandra Pop and, and Tabea Vasmuth from Wolfsburg up front, but Lea Schuller as well, who was top goal scorer in the Frauen Bundesliga this season. The goalkeeping options are insane. Chelsea's Anne Katzenberger only has three Germany caps and, and will go into the tournament as third choice. So, yeah, I think, again, defensively, at centre-back especially, is probably where there are a few questions. But I'm with you completely that anybody writing Germany off or not expecting them to go as far as they've gone historically could be in for a surprise because this is there's a mixture of players with experience, but some of this new generation coming through, Brandt and Oberdorf are the, the two standout ones, but also Lena Latvain, this is a Germany team that could go a really, really long way and send a message, yeah, I think, also, that, that this new generation's ready to sort of take over women's football again. And also the thing is that Germany always competes in every kind of situation, no matter if they lack the best player, no matter if they lack someone, no matter what happens. Germany is a team that has the competitiveness in their DNA. Then I'm going to put you on the spot one last time. That's Group A and Group B. The winners of each group will pay the runners-up of the other group. Who are we going to see play the two quarterfinals? I'll say uh, England versus Germany and Spain-Norway. 
I think I think both of those games would be absolutely fantastic. It could be two of the games of the tournament, and I yeah. hope you're right. Um, with, I hope you know, it's there with England and Spain winning each of their groups there as well. It can be it can be wonderful to see of uh, these two quarterfinals, and it can be a maybe a once in a lifetime chance to see uh, Spain with options to reach a a international semi final or even a final. Let's see how the situation evolves. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all of your knowledge. I, I could not have asked for a better guest than somebody who, who knows so much about Spanish and Finnish football at the same time. <laughs> it's remarkable. Um, where can people find you? Well, they can find me in my Twitter account, in my Instagram, in my in one football, writing about every, every all the Euro, women's Euro things about Spain, really. They can find me almost everywhere, and I'm open to talk about women's football. And what is your Twitter account for anyone who wants to find you? It's at Alejandro Diago. It's very easy. It's the same as my Instagram account, at Alejandro Diago. Ali, again, a massive thank you for joining us, and enjoy the summer. Always a pleasure, Luis. Always a pleasure, and whatever you need for the podcast, I'm here. Thank you.